Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sam Legasic and I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher and we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little odd. This is the Thank you. Uh, hello to Sam and to the Oddbods, <laughs> the listeners of Oddcast. It makes me think of what was that cartoon show where it was all the um, old toys? Uh, the Raggy Dolls. Raggy Dolls. Raggy Dolls. Sad sack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not uh, suggesting that anyone that listens to this is a sad sack. <laughs> if anything, they're on the cutting edge of modern entertainment. <laughs> if they knew the Raggy Dolls reference, and they are definitely on the cutting edge of modern yeah. <laughs> entertainment. Like a, some shitty 80s fucking cartoon which no one watched. Um, hey, it was not shitty. That's, that was a really dark episode of that. Dark it, episode. But the idea of it was quite dark, wasn't it? That is the idea of these like toys that were basically off the production line because they were wrong. So heads yeah. were the wrong way around or whatever. So they just left in this bin, <laughs> just discarded. <laughs> and that's where they made friends. Raggy Dolls. What was the dark one you were thinking of? Oh, one of them got bought by a really horrible child and they were concerned about his like well being. So they go to rescue him and I think it was the princess one and this like kid had like ripped its head off and stuck it all back to front and it was uh yeah, it was it was, it was a rough episode. Oh my god. Did you ever get over that? Uh, well it's lodged in my brain, so maybe not. It's quite a horrific incident. It's quite, quite, you know, perfect for what we're about 
<laughs> to talk about. <laughs> it's a nice little, you know, segue into it. But before we get before we get into it, um, what have you been listening to, watching? Oh, we were talking about me about um so Mets are doing a who yes. we've seen we've done an episode on, but who we've me and Dan have seen a few times, are doing a virtual gig uh, mid October. Um and yeah, I bought their package deal, which was uh, forty nine pounds. It's eight pounds to stream. I don't know how much it is in dollars. It's forty nine pounds for the streaming ticket, whatever. Um, the LP, the new album, Atlas, Venting, whatever it's called, um, a t shirt and a poster. Um, yeah, and I thought it was pretty good for fifty quid. I like a good poster. Mm. Not to put on the wall, but it's just a nice uh, thing to have in the package. Mm. Well, I quite liked Something. how it looked, like the design of it. So I was quite happy to buy it. You're going to frame it up? I might frame it. I framed our last Mets one. That's in my hallway, so it makes sense. Uh, snap! Did you? Yeah, I've got that same poster. Yeah. From, uh, I can't remember which show it was. Uh, I can't remember either. No, we've been to a few now. Yeah, it's true. Probably five, five or six. Mm. Have you been listening yeah. to um, anything else? Yeah, I've been trying to catch up on some 2020 stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll definitely give that new Mets one a listen. I don't know, have you seen this... Um, Fiona Apple album that's been getting a lot of attention. Nope. So, I mean, I kept seeing it on Instagram, so I thought, oh, maybe I should give that a listen. Um, I never listened to any of her stuff in the 90s. Mm. Um, I just sort of, my impression was kind of like a gentle indie pop. folk, yeah. sort of, yeah. Um, so I gave it a listen, and I quite enjoyed it, but it got a bit samey halfway through. Right. And it sounds kind of like a quite intense, upbeat, indie album from maybe 10 years ago okay um like interesting rhythms and kind of like it sounds like it's been recorded in in a bedroom but but it's actually very high-end production but it's kind of like a bit diy like the drums sound like pencils and blah blah blah. anyway but it's like really confessional style so there's quite a lot of like you know stuff about relationships and all this that's quite uh bare and stark um and like, frankly, for me, I found it a bit too, uh, too much. Hmm. Like, you know, like confessional style stuff, it can be really difficult because it might be very earnest and sincere, but it, sometimes it doesn't pass very yeah. well, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like it can sound like a teenage, angry teenager, you know. Mm. And sometimes bits of this sounded like, to me, like Alanis Morissette or something. Yeah. But, you know, she was in her 20s and Fiona Apple's in her 40s. Anyway, but I thought, like there's one song in particular which says something like, rape me here where our first baby was born or something like this. And I just thought like, a bit OTT, you know, a bit OTT. But I thought like, um, you know, God save any white man who criticizes this album. Really? And, and then I went, after I listened to it, I went online to see what people were saying. Pitchfork have given it a perfect 10 out of 10, wow. which they hardly ever do. Which is like, to me, you know, it's a bit of an agenda on show. Right. But I saw Anthony Fantano, The Needle Drop, gave it like a, a strong six to a light seven. Mm. And there's just all these comments, people saying he's a misogynistic bastard. You don't understand. Ah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's not not a surprise. I always remember with Fiona, Fiona Apple, there was a TV show um, oh, many a moon ago. And basically it was kind of taking <clears throat> celebrities from different disciplines and just having them hang out with each other. And yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Fiona Apple and um, it was with Quentin Tarantino. 
And it's weird. So they kind of, I think the idea was that they're supposed to be friends anyway. Yeah. Um, and I remember it was the first time I'd seen Tarantino outside of just like a normal interview setting, if that makes sense. So like real life Tarantino or whatever. And I was like, he is coked up to his eyeballs. He is actually ha. insane. Um, and just weird. And like being a bit creepy with her and all this stuff. Because she's only this like, you know, little blonde um, thing. I'll probably get, you know, <laughs> thrown, <laughs> thrown into the wolves now for just saying that. But uh. as in like, like she was, she looked basically just very innocent. And then just yeah. <laughs> Tarantino is just this like hot, sweaty, old man mess oh. um, even back then. And I remember like watching that and thinking, yeah, Fiona Apple just looks like, I didn't really, yeah, same as you, never really listened to music, but I was like, she seems like really like nice and actually, you know, um, cool and smart and whatever. Not that I thought any different or anything going, I just didn't know anything about her. And Tarantino, he was like my hero. I was like, this comes off as a complete idiot. Um, yeah, and I always funny that, that Fiona Apple. When I was Googling her, um, that's one of the things that comes up all over the internet is some article um, about when she decided to stop doing cocaine. Right. And it was after some sort of night with Tarantino. It was <laughs> After shooting that episode. <laughs> possibly. That's what I'm thinking now. I didn't read any of the articles because it's, it's too sensationalistic for me. But uh... <laughs> It wouldn't surprise me, honestly, because it's like, he just comes across, I mean, I know like his whole thing is that he talks fast and whatever and, he's and you know he's hyper intelligent or whatever but i don't know i was just watching he's just going like he just looks like a coked up like <clears throat> wannabe filmmaker who's actually made it <laughs> um, oh, awful yeah, it's weird so it's enough to pick anyone off coke i imagine especially her um that's uh, interesting though that that's a thing the other album i've been listening to is the new ocs right called protean threat yeah it's just coming out this week i think right um Seems really good. The last one was quite like long and kind of like a bit proggy and jazzy. Mm-hmm. This one's a bit more, it feels, I've only listened to it once, but a bit more straight for the jugular. Good. Um, but I managed to pre-order a really nice copy through Rough Trade, who actually have some really nice like exclusive uh, variants. And okay. this one is like, like, it's cool color. It's like luminous pink, but it comes with a um, CD. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they've done this before, but John Dwyer has actually compiled like a kind of like best of up until now, get to know the OCs kind of thing. Mm. So that's a quite a cool little freebie. That's weird. It's interesting. Yeah. Because um, I don't know them all that well. So mm. there's quite a lot of spots in my like having listened to their back catalogue. Yeah. And that's quite, quite fun. Yeah. That's cool. Um, cool. Yeah. You've been anything else that you want to interested you? Not really. That's about it. Yeah. No, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I haven't listened to much, um, to be honest. I'm, I've um, been watching more of The Boys, which is good. I don't know if you saw, but uh, Succession, which I've been banging on about, um, won really big at the Emmys, I think it was. Oh, yeah. Um, no surprise, really. But now, like, a lot of people are turning around to me going, oh, yeah, Succession is really good, actually, isn't it? And it's like, it's only because it's won, like, five... <laughs> Emmys that is suddenly like, like I've been banging on about it um not for too long because I've only just really just watched it but um I kind of got in under the wire there before <laughs> before it became really cool um and uh, yeah what I've been doing I've been playing games a little bit I played um there's a game called Among Us 
which you'd probably like actually. You can get it on mobile for free, but it's got ads or whatever. You can get it for like three quid or something on Steam. And basically what it is is that you you have to play with a bunch of people. It can be randoms or it can be like your mates or whatever. And you're essentially, I think it's up to seven and you're um, on a spaceship. And the idea is that you're trying to like, you're going around doing little mini games and odd jobs to kind of help your ship reach its destination. But you've got an imposter there who's going around slowly killing you all, uh-huh. like hijacking, um, sabotaging all these different elements. And basically if someone finds a body or wants to make a report, like the game basically stops and then you all have a discussion to decide oh. who you think the imposter is. You all vote and then someone's, someone gets jettisoned basically. And oh. it tells you whether they're in the imposter or not. I like this. It's it sounds really good. good. It's really addictive as well. So like, I've played it, um, I've played it with some like workmates uh, during work. I've done it a couple of times now. And it's just so funny because it's obviously like there's that personal element to it where you're just like, this person's like, let's get rid of them. <laughs> no, not let's get rid of them, but just like, it's kind of like, you know, because you only know these guys in a professional environment or whatever. And now you're like accusing them of being like, no, you're fucking lying or whatever. But all in a jovial manner. Um, and it's free. It's free on mobile, I believe. So um, it's worth playing. But yeah, especially if you're doing it with a bunch of mates, that you know, so yeah, we're doing a bit of that. Um, I've been playing a game called Tell Me Why, which is by the Don't Nod people who did Life is Strange series. Um, and I'm on the last chapter, the third chapter of that. And it's pretty good. It's all right. Um, I quite like these just like story focused games where... I don't, I have to basically like push up or do some little bits and pieces and I don't really have to think about it too much. And it's more about yeah. the emotional kind of like storytelling um, than anything else. It just makes it a bit of an easy play. Um, and the other game I played was a puzzle game called The Room Old Sins. And The Room is, there's been three or four of them. Um, and it's basically a mobile thing that's been around for ages, but you do. Is, is this a tie into the film, The Room? No, no. Yeah, Tommy Wiseau. Um <laughs> Old, old sins. sins. He is the old sin. <laughs> it's been around forever. So Satan himself. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, oh, it is. It's a touchscreen like puzzle thing, but it's quite cool because it's all just um, you know, it's quite interactive with the way that you can solve the puzzles and it makes you use your brain and it's just completely like fucking zen. Like you can just zen out and just do the little puzzles, whatever. But it's also a bit That's like nice. horror, a little bit. Um, and I completed that. I did that in like a few hours. <laughs> so I just sat there and just smashed it out. But um, that's it. I haven't listened to anything or watched anything particularly interesting. Um, but one of the things that I did watch, which is for this podcast, was what we're going to discuss, which is Itchy and Scratchy. No, Itchy the <laughs> Killer. <laughs> お前が
ゲモンみたいなやつですね早くこいつになりたいよ俺
No. No. Um, people, like everything, say that the manga's super good. And of course it would be because I wouldn't have made a film out of it. But um, yeah, for people that don't know, it's a it was released in 2001, it's Japanese, and it's directed by this guy called Takashi Mike, who is one of the most prolific directors, well, ever, of all time, I'd say. Um, he's, he does like sometimes one or two films a year, which is mad um and you know a lot of those are really good as well um and yeah it's basically about this christ no let me try and see if i can sum this up um Uh it basically is about this yakuza boss who gets killed and they're trying to find out who did it we as the audience know who did it and it's a man called itchy and we'll try and keep this spoiler free to begin with and we're kind of going to spoilers um, or should we just say, should we just go into spoilers now? But let's yeah. do it now because it's going to be hard. So if you haven't seen it um, and you want to see it, turn off now. Just telling you to leave, <laughs> leave it. There's not much else I can do about it, is there? Just go. <laughs> Otherwise, if you've seen it or you're not really bothered, then keep listening. Um, but it's about, uh, yeah, so this guy who was um, uh, like the boss's right-hand man, you want to say, um, is searching for him. The person that killed the boss is this guy called Hitchy, who's dressed like a roller derby <laughs> extra <laughs> or something. What was that? Like rollerball or whatever that fucking sci-fi yeah. was. Um, and he's got a, a blade in the back of his heel that he basically slices people up with. Um, but he is a pathetic loser who gets hard. <laughs> he's basically a sadist. Um he gets hired by, uh, well, everything, it seems, but he enjoys um, watching people in pain, I guess. And he feel, he wants, like, God, it's just so... There's, the whole thing is just all about sex yeah. and BDSM, basically, and all this stuff, and yeah. Satan masochism. And so whilst he's he's had memories implanted into him by this guy called Gigi, he's a bodybuilder... <laughs> That it's just revealed at the end when he takes his takes his like jacket off, and he's like completely tank, and um, he's implanted these, which is a really funny, stupid bit. He's implanted these memories into Itchy um, that you don't find out that they're implanted until the end, um, so that he goes out and he kills the bullies who like saw who raped this girl, when, which he saw when he was younger, which didn't happen. It's just in his head. So he's being manipulated to go and just basically kill all these people from rival gangs or for money, whatever, et cetera, et cetera. But the guy who's looking for the boss finds out that, yeah, the boss is dead and all this stuff and finds out about Itchy and he's after Itchy. But he's excited because this Itchy guy is just like slicing people up left, right and centre. And this, um, oh God, what's his name? Kakihara, I think it is. Kakihara. Um He's the guy with the slits in his face and all this stuff. So weirdly, he's like in all the promotional stuff about it. And he's not Itchy the Killer. Um, That's someone else. But yeah, so he is looking for the boss's killer. Not only to get revenge, but he's like basically, he gets off on pain. And the reason why he loves the boss so much isn't some homoerotic thing, even though that's part of it. It's because the boss would beat the shit out of him. Um and he's in this search for someone who can basically give him like the ultimate pain pleasure thing, a bit like Hellraiser. Um, so he's yeah. after Itchy because of that, that kind of interests him and is kind of turning him on a bit. And there's other things that are kind of going on, but that's essentially it. So it's kind of like the whole thing is building up to these two meeting 
um, which happens at the end. But there's like a side thing with this ex-cop who's now yes. like a Yakuza heavy, um, who has a son and he's kind of supposed to be like the redeeming part of the film, I guess. Um, and he's kind of involved as well because he becomes, he's working for Kakihara, but he is unknowingly friends with Ichi um, by trying to like save him and all this stuff. And he's like the kind of heart of the piece, oh. I guess. Um, yeah. And that's kind that's of a, that's it really in terms of the story. Well, with him, it's like a coincidence, isn't it? He finds Itchy being kicked in the street and just kind of, um, he doesn't know who he is, but he kind of shows him uh, kindness. Yeah. And so, but what he doesn't realise is that his son has also had a chance altercation with Itchy. That's right, yeah. Um, So the son is being bullied, so he's kind of like a parallel to Mm, like Itchy's fake memories about himself. And he, it's quite a good moment where he kicks one of the, yeah, these one little of the kids. kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then at some point he does tell him that his name's Itchy. So there's that that moment then when, so the, the kid kind of like has a bit of, um, like idolizes him a bit. Yeah. Um, and then obviously that all plays out in the final kind of like yeah, scene so of the yeah. film, which, no, maybe that final, final scene, but we'll, we'll, we'll come to that, right? I think there's like, that's the message of the film is, um, you know, violence begets violence. And, yeah, cycle of hate. never ends. Yeah, and, um, yeah exactly. Um, yeah, one thing you mentioned, which is immediately apparent, is yeah, the kind of like style of the piece. And it was very much of its time. Um, so it's, you know, there, it's to be honest, like at the time it works, it has dated, but I do like the fact that he's mixing it up a little bit. So I guess... There's a lot of like weird cuts. He kind of like oversaturates the image. He throws in some grain in there. It's really super fast. So it's like a music video. He sometimes yeah. uses like the fisheye lens, which was just, you know, everywhere. So it's, there are points where he's trying to make it look like a music video or something from MTV, but Japanese like MTV, if that makes sense. Because um, if you look, it's all very much kind of of that style, like hyper real or whatever people want to call it. Um there is that. I quite like the way that he presents Japan as like this gritty, horrible. It's all like the back streets of Japan. It's not like the nice, glitzy, shiny bit. This is like the horrible bits, but it's punctuated by like the characters and the color um, yeah. and the blood and stuff like this, which makes it quite visually interesting. It's so it does feel like a comic book, almost like these characters are painted upon like the gritty Japan as a canvas, which makes it kind of i don't know like ping a bit more mentally and visually as well um which i thought was quite yeah cool. yeah good points yeah it does it definitely has that comic book vibe mm. and um, uh, especially the bits like so when he like there's loads of blood like there's blood gore guts whatever and we'll kind of go through it a little bit a little bit more but um what i love is that they've they when they like slice a neck or whatever it's got that of like blood that's in a lot of anime and in the manga yeah. comics or whatever, where it's like, it's like someone's turned on a hose or something. Yeah. It's ridiculous, really OTT and cartoony. And that's the thing with all this violence. It's just super, super cartoony. Um, and there's just blood, like just spraying everywhere. And I really, really like that aspect of it. One, one thing down as well, just um, before we get into it properly is as we, you and me watched the dubbed 
version, right? Which is, <laughs> which is weird because it's dubbed, it's a British dub. So it's, it's dubbed, it's not an American dub. They're English actors. Kaka Hari, I swear it was Clive Owen. <laughs> to the point where I, I don't think I've Googled it properly yet. Um, but I was like, it's quite like, it's Clive Owen. And then I was thinking, what was he doing in 2001? I was thinking, Croupier. Probably this. Yeah, exactly. Like he, he probably wasn't that big an actor. So by right. all means, he could have done it. Um, I should Google uh, it, but it's, oh. it sounds, I'm not kidding. It literally sounds exactly like Clive Owen. And also the fact that they're all like Cockney gangster, lock stock terrible. kind of acting or whatever. Terrible. I was thinking, terrible. It's pro- it probably is Clive Owen. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to just, I'm going to just quickly Google it now. Um, but watching think, it with I mean, that dub was just, Oh, it's just Awful. so great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. Um, I think that was probably a contributor to it being a bit of a chore. I mean, obviously, ideally, I'm guessing both of us would have preferred to watch it with subtitles. Yeah. Um, but I did think, I mean, this seems particularly bad. It, it, well, it was those like, yeah, lock stock kind of voices. It's just terrible. Really. And they're all slightly flat and dull and, it just was ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it was, it was. But I did, I did, um, I did actually quite, quite got, got a kick, a strange kick out of it. Yeah, how terrible it was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking. It, uh, it doesn't say. It literally doesn't say anything about um, Clive Owen doing Itchy the Killer um, dub. Uh, I can't find anything on the um, on the actual dub. But I'm telling you, you listen to it. I tell you what, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little bit now, and the people at home can decide whether or not it's Clive Owen. I'm gonna stick some in, and then I tell you what, I'm gonna stick some in of the film, and then I'm gonna stick some in of Clive Owen talking. <laughs> okay, and you tell you me it's not the same. There is something inhuman about this carnage. Most people have a touch of both sadism and masochism inside them. But this Ichi is 100% pure sadist. I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, but he'll come here anyway, won't he? There's no pattern to it. It's all just a game. If I'm not ready to die when he comes, I'll become increasingly desperate. But if I know he's coming, I'll do all I can to stop him from killing me. So you'll tell me where Ichi is, even if you don't want to. You shouldn't smile. Fuck off. I'm a doctor. I'm supposed to say things like that. You want one? No. Yes. No. Fuck it. Yes. <laughs> no. I've given up. <clears throat> Someone who tells me your bloke wrote a book. Any good? Of course. It's about you. So isn't the it? evidence is damning. <laughs> it's quite mowing. <laughs> Let's message him about this. Let's get a bit of a let's get a movement going. Everyone tweeting at Clive Owen with some kind of hashtag. The last thing I saw him in was that was it Valerian and the and the nine holes of madness or whatever it was called. This fucking futuristic thing by Luke Besson. Oh god, it's dreadful. Um, That sounds shit. I haven't. Yeah, it, was, it was awful. He's a bad guy in it and just completely two-dimensional. Um, oh, God, terrible, terrible, terrible. Um, it is totally Clive Owen, I would say. 
my humble, humble opinion. But I was just watching it, just thinking, it's Clive Owen. It's Clive Owen. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, okay, well, let's, yeah, let's move on from that. Um, so, yeah, I made some notes as I was kind of, as I was going through it. And there's some questions I have and you okay. you might be able to to help me. Um, Sounds good. I like, I should say like the character of Kaki Harlow, whatever his name is, I thought was quite cool. Like the scars on his face, it's all, you know, he's like bright blonde hair, his weird clothes and all this stuff. Um, he felt like the most well-rounded like character in that. Yeah. I liked the idea. He's got this like devotion towards his boss and then you find out there's kind of like a sexual sadomasochistic side to it he's genuinely quite funny i like the way he is completely psychotic like but also there's an element of like it's that thing it's kind of like that anti-hero thing because he's essentially the protagonist (laughs) and also the antagonist um yeah that's what's going on in this film with those two characters and it's the same sort of thing that i've seen in other anime and i think in death note yeah especially you've got like l and light Mm. and they're kind of like two sides of the same coin mm. and neither one's really the good guy or the bad guy like they're both deeply flawed yeah um and yeah obviously he is probably the more charismatic and you know obviously the producers picked up on that and made him the center point of all the mm. like marketing and all the, the visuals and everything in the movie mm. um but yeah you definitely kind of like look forward to him appearing on on screen don't you but and he's got all the best moments and all, yeah. the, all the best like ridiculous bits of gore yeah i think as well like he's strong but obviously he his weakness is um like people inflicting pain on him whereas yeah. itchy is weak with his strength being um inflicting pain on other people yeah. if that makes sense so yeah they, they yeah. are like opposites um and they flip um as well within their own kind of arc but yeah it was it was you know super interesting he's like extrovert itchy's introvert um and all this i, I also liked there was um karen <laughs> she's like such a, a great nothing name um yeah. who was the uh <laughs> he was just generally like weird character but i like the way she was like as fucked up as like the rest of the the cast um and she also uh, i don't know i remembered it from when we saw it before but obviously on the um dubbed version we watched it was dubbed anyway but she actually speaks english through a fair chunk of this in the um original japanese one if that makes sense so in the actual film the japanese film yeah. she talks english in it which is kind of like supposed to be one of her like quirks as it were um and yeah, she's, she's a bit kind of like, you know, she's like exotic. Yeah, it's supposed to be a bit femme fatale and like yeah. psychotic as everyone else. And also, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a there's an element where like, I didn't really understand. <laughs> so maybe you can answer this for me. This is jumping ahead. But like, she's doesn't really care where the boss is. She's like, oh, whatever, he's probably dead or whatever. <laughs> and Kakari's like, you guys are you're his woman. And she's like, oh, whatever, he's probably dead. Like, forget about it. And then um, she gets like taken by Gigi, who's the um, unassuming guy in the jacket who controls Itchy, and they and she's kind of just like cool with everything. 
And then yeah. she goes to meet Itchy and she plugs herself into memories by being, by telling, um, telling him that she was the girl that had got raped that he watched when he was a kid, which was completely make-believe. And um, then she basically sucks him off. <laughs> it's a thing where she's like, oh, and swallows it. And then he basically, there's that, there's that scene where it's like, she's just gone away in over her head <laughs> for whatever reason. And then he's like, ah, oh. she's like, yeah, 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 I wanted to get married. See, okay, cool. Got him hard and sucked him off and made him blow his load or whatever. And then he's like, right, okay. Ah, oh, so you want me to kill you? I get it. You don't want me to kill you, which means that you do. And she's like, no, 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 seriously, don't kill me. And she, he's like, I get it. Okay. And yeah. then you're like watching it going, oh God, <laughs> like she's unleashed that horrible side of it, G. And she gets killed. But the whole thing I was thinking of, and Dan, maybe you can answer this for me. Why was she doing that in the first place? I don't understand. Why was she meeting with Itchy? And why did she just want to suck him off? I didn't get it. I think, um, so Gigi, mm. this manipulative guy, with the old face and the rock solid bod. Yeah. Um, he's talking to her. I don't know if they're just like friends somehow. Right. Um, or in it together or something. Or if he, or, or if he like, particularly does this to sow a seed. But I think it just comes up genu- genuinely that he says, you know, I've um, worked with Itchy and I've planted these uh, yeah, memories. memories yeah. And one of them is this like rape fantasy. Yeah, no, the she he's goes, like, Itchy's obsessed with it. Like, he's, I think I've done too, <laughs> I've gone too far. I think he says yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. I think I've gone too far. He's just got completely obsessed over this rape one. But then when she hears that, that, that piques her interest and she's like, oh, tell me more. Because mm. um, I think basically she's just like curious about it, um, like sexually curious. Mm. And I think at that point she's like, oh, did you do that? To, oh, because she said, oh, did you do that to me? Oh, that's right. Yeah. So at some point maybe they've, he's done something similar to her in the past. But he said, oh, I would, I would never have done that. Mm. But for some reason she's like, she likes this idea. So I think she does it for her own sexual kinks. Okay, kink, yeah. So she's like, oh, you tell me what the fantasy is. Because she said, oh, well, tell me more, tell me about it. So I think that's, he, he tells her what that fantasy is and then she goes to him and because she knows that if she pretends that she's that girl and they can relive it and then she's like, you know, oh, well, then I wanted you to come and... Yeah, and do it to me. Right, me. Yeah. Um, and then he, yeah, obviously misinterprets the whole thing and... That's all quiet. Well, he slices it. So, well, this is also that on that scene. He slices her leg off first, which is quite funny. Yeah. And um, she's hopping like, off. Hopping around. And then she, like, has this, like, <laughs> yeah, and there's this weird cut where it goes back to the flashback of the girl getting raped. And, but it's as if she's remembering it. And then she's like, oh, God. Or, like, as if she's just remembered it. And then she dies. And I was like, what happened there? And I was like, is it that they're like, did it? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, uh, why is she remembering his flashback that doesn't exist? Another layer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't, like, I didn't pick up on that. It's, well, I was that. thinking it could be, it could be one of two things. One, it did happen. And she was that woman, which yeah. in its own weird twisted way with that Gigi guy could be possible. Yeah. Or it's that she's just realised that she's been like hypnotised or whatever, or led to do that. Maybe by Gigi, maybe there's some kind of like mind control thing where because he says like oh, he's having a tough time and he can't come, and then they talk about hypnosis, and then suddenly she's going to do it. So maybe 
she got hypnotized to go and do it. And then she's realized at that point that she was hypnotized and she's like, I oh, fuck, I'm fucked. Actually, I'm dead. <laughs> Cause now I'm about to get killed. I've realized. I don't that know. could do be you know the case. I mean? Maybe. Could be. I think that was a little bit of information in the film that I just went, oh, I can't handle interpreting that. And I just, <laughs> I just <laughs> got done. it immediately. Yeah. Just pushed it out of my head. Yeah. Um, Not convenient. <laughs> no, which is which is absolutely fair enough. But there might be something that's in the manga, and if anyone's read it, please do. Yeah, I got the feeling with a lot of this, like I say, I was a bit confused and things are moving at pace. I thought I bet a lot of this is far better handled in the uh, in the manga because mm. um, as well things like that whole like the psychology of that scene. Um, and even the whole sadomasochism of the um, the other guy, mm. I keep forgetting his bloody name. What's his name? Kakihara, whatever. Kakihara. Mm. All of that felt a bit tokenistic and a bit ham-fisted, the way it was handled. Um, was like, you know, and that's quite important, is that you believe in that, they're like the depths of that sort of psychology. Yeah. Um, and it was all just a bit too, you know, slapdash. Mm. I was like, okay, I get, I get the premise. I didn't yeah. quite really believe uh, that they were, they really felt what they uh, were, were expressing around all of that. Yeah, I think because it's on that line, right, of being completely OTT and completely yeah. comical. Yeah. That it's like, are they real characters or? Not? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It kind of plays, plays, toes that line, I should say. Um, yeah, I love, uh, yeah, just going back to my notes and just going at the beginning when you first see Itchy, apart from the, you know, um, the death bit at the beginning, or whatever. Um, he's like, you know, he's like a waiter or something. And he serves these women. He's just completely like scared, scared of them, like completely scared of, scared of women. And then like, his colleague just gives him a knife and it's just like, kill yourself. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's like, no, the only way I forgive you is if you kill yourself. Just die. <laughs> I was just watching it going like, it's so, it's so weird and random, but just also comical. The idea of this, like, of your colleague, of someone that you work with, just giving you a knife, just telling you to kill yourself is horrible. But that's the thing. So immediately it's like, um, this victim thing, and he cries about everything. And the idea is that you want to like, um, you want to punch him, basically, because it's. Uh, yeah, he's just so pathetic and lame and all this stuff that he basically, like, deserves it. And I think that's kind of, you know, stuff like that, you think, oh, God, that's horrible and whatever, but there's that part of you that's just like, God, like, yeah. I think everyone knows someone that has been a bit like that, like a bit of a wet blanket, a bit of a yeah. wet tissue, and he's basically yeah. asking for it or something like that. Um, but, yeah, obviously it's, like, taken to the extreme. I was also like thinking, and this is me putting another stupid interpretation over it, but the fact that like he's inflicting all this horrible violence, basically crying as he does it and this kind of voyeuristic nature of it. I was like, he's kind of almost like a stand in for the audience slash the director or something like that, as in like causing this violence that you're like if you paid a ticket and you're watching it like you've caused this violence to happen as a director you're making it happen and yeah, yeah. you don't want it to you don't want it to happen you're like crying as you're kind of watching it but also willing for it, it to 
you know, happen in its own weird way. You're enabling yeah. it almost. Um, I might be reading way too much into it, but um, I quite like no. the idea of that theory. Yeah, no, I think that's fair to say. And like, when I was reading around it, a lot of people make a claim that it's a comment on violence in the media, don't they? Mm. Um, although that's quite convenient as well, I think. It's quite nice for a director to be able to say, my my super hyper-violent film is a comment on violence in the media. Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> I think... my cake and eat it. Yeah, Takashi Mike, um, like gen- generally, I think he he's one of those people where it's like, the violence is so extreme... It's unreal, if that yeah. makes sense. And I think he's very clear, like, um, he does the same as Zaitoichi, for instance, has got all that kind of, like, gushing, stupid, comical blood. And that's, like, a, a kind of a serious samurai flick. And he's done a few samurai bits, which is the same. It's all, like, blood and gore. But for him, it's more like you've got someone, you've got a gritty real drama of someone going around, like, beating the shit out of people or whatever, um, and killing innocent people or whatever. Um, and that that's like the true horror, whereas this is just like stupid, unbelievable yeah. gore. Um, and yeah, and I think there's an element of truth in that. And the fact that he does portray all this stuff, not as a like hostile torture porn thing, um, even though, you know, I would still say that there's an argument for that, but because he's put like a comical tone on it, it becomes a bit silly and stupid. So if you're looking at it and kind of offended by it, I think you're kind of doing it wrong. <laughs> you're watching it wrong. Um, it's not, I don't think it's, it's there for like comical slash dramatic effect rather than um, being like, this is a real, this is like real horrible stuff. It's just so OTT, um, which I liked about it. I thought it was, stupid in that way um one of the main points in the film um which i thought sort of encapsulated that and this idea that you've suggested about you know like being a stand-in for the audience or the director mm. um is that moment where you see him finally after you know he's been talked about itchy 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 you finally see him at work when he's saving that prostitute from the pimp yeah so you get this great, like, oh, he's the hero moment where he kills the pimp. Mm. You're like, great, he's going to save the girl. Yeah, well, especially because, just to, just to jump in, because it jumps around in time a bit, doesn't it? Because you see that at the start, and then he's basically yeah. remembering it. There's also a bit in the middle where he goes to see the prostitute or whatever that's been beaten up, and she sucks him off. She's like, I'm always getting beaten up. You're the only person who comes to see me because my face is a mess or whatever. She's just bruised up to fuck. But he obviously gets off on that. Um, so when, so you've seen that, yeah. so when it happens and you're seeing the full scene, um, play out, then yeah, it's, uh, yeah, sorry. And then go on. So just to kind of give it a bit of context. Yeah. Then the, the reveal then is you think, great, he's going to save her. And he goes, now I'm going to rape you and like beat you up. <laughs> what, does that, what, what does he specifically say? Like, I'm yeah. like bash your face or something. Yeah. Something like that, but like with a big smile and she's like. Okay. <laughs> she grabs a baseball bat and starts swinging it. Um, yeah, and then and, and he slices her neck, and that's when the that's when the first proper like pfft, like blood comes yeah. out. He's yeah. got this great dopey look on his face as well, mm. like a Labrador puppy. Like I've done a good thing. <laughs> it's like when a, a cat brings you a dead rat, yeah, and you're like, uh, yeah, thanks for that. 
<laughs> you didn't. It's not so great. Yeah, this is actually horrific. Like that. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. That bit was. Um, was like, funny no, I'm going to rape horrible, you. Yeah, the most horrible way. Like uh, that's and that's again, as you said, it plays inside the hero anti-hero thing, and that's what's weird yeah. about the whole thing is that you're like with Kakahari or whatever. You're like, I kind of want him to find Itchy, and I also don't. <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, for many reasons but uh yeah it's i quite enjoyed that yeah moral ambiguity between these characters who you're not sure whose side you're on and it's even like with that gg guy he's quite funny he's like when he goes and he's like i think it was this mr suzuki guy and then they've got that horrific such great scene where they've got him this suzuki guy hung up by his flesh on these like meat hooks and then he's just like putting all these like pins, um, like clothespins or whatever I think they are, whatever they are, through his like needles basically. Um, yeah. These long needles that are like 10 inches or whatever through his like face and his cheek and his head. And then he pours like boiling oil, whatever on him as he's been hung up and like and all this. And he's basically torturing him and like sticking his nipple and his fucking dick or whatever. And um yeah, and then the other guy, the other Yakuza guy comes in, he's like, what the fuck, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> he's like, oh, uh, Gigi told us that he'd been saying stuff about us, whatever, they turn around and there's no one there, the seat's <laughs> empty, it's just fucked off. <laughs> it was great. Um, but that whole scene was like, it was quite difficult to watch, but I quite I quite enjoyed the fact, yeah, that it kind of ends on uh. that comic note. But yeah, the Gigi guy is like really fucking harsh to Itchy and... I think there's this whole thing with like power and sex and all this stuff and that people, and it's weird because it's kind of like transcends sexuality as in like, there's no gender boundaries or like, you know, there's nothing like gay or straight or whatever about it all. It's the idea. It's like Foucault kind of style of like getting turned on um, by power basically. Uh, and yeah. You know, and it's, it's more power and control, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, that Gigi guy is like, <laughs> when he's like shouting at Itchy, and Itchy's like, my dick's hard. <laughs> yeah. Gigi's like, take these tablets, you idiot. Um, uh, and is he, the, is he the true villain of this film? He, well, yeah, in a way. But then it's weird, isn't it? Because it's like, then you've got that end sequence. Um, yeah, I don't know, because the whole thing is, like, really strange. He is kind of, like, he is the villain in the sense of, I guess he's the, and he is the antagonist, really, um, because he's the one that's kind of set he's, the wheels in motion, really, and he's yeah. the real culprit behind it all, because it, Itchy is, in his own weird way, innocent, because he, like, killed his parents or whatever, and he's just a complete mental fuck-up, and he's been exploited, by Gigi, who is obviously, and that's what I quite liked about him as a character, is he comes across as this unassuming guy with like a smile and like very humble. But then like, you know, it's, it's great acting because then like as the scenes go on, as the movie goes on, you see him and he looks like a lot more like calm, collected and evil in some of the scenes and shots. I mean, he's like shouting at you and all this stuff and playing into that villainous type role. Then it's like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I won't go into the ending just yet, but I suppose he is the, I suppose he is the true villain of it, I guess. But then, yeah, there isn't really a villain. There isn't really like a hero. You think kind of like the bodyguard is the hero? 
in a weird way, the ex-cop. The ex-cop. Yeah. But then doesn't really do anything heroic. Because throughout the whole thing, he's like, because they're like, dude, why don't you just like go away and take your kid and run off? And he's like, my kid was just going to have to learn for himself. <laughs> like, I'm here <laughs> to like protect this guy. And again, there's that thing of like power and the fact that it's like, I mean, the whole thing with him, right, is that he um, lost his gun. He was a cop that lost his gun. And his... They make a big thing about that. Well, yeah, because it's, keeps... it's the phallic gun, right? He's literally lost his dick. He's lost his... Oh, here we go. It is. That's his, I mean, it can't be more fucking on the nose than, <laughs> than with this. He's literally lost his erection. He's impotent in each and every way. And then on top of that, he's having a meal with his son and his son's like... Mum ran off with another guy, didn't she? But I'll stay with you, or whatever. So it's like, there's that added onto it. It's completely emasculated by the fact that he's been cuckolded, let's say. Yeah. And then um, and then you've got that flashback scene where he's getting beaten up by some pimp because um, he owes money and he's saved by the Yakuza, basically. He becomes one of their heavies. Um, yeah. Also, he says to his manhood again. He, he says, hurry up and eat those noodles or they'll get soft. <laughs> that's yeah that's a good point um yeah but I, I, there's, there's definitely you know i think there's something in it there's but there's also like loads of weird stuff where it's like one of the guys one of these fat guys who just keeps constantly taking drugs and he's just like founded a tv at one point talked about like it's this irrelevant but really weird detail the fact that he had a face transplant <laughs> yeah yeah, so, oh, I used to work for these strange. guys, and then uh, I had to change my face. <laughs> what? Um, and that felt like a sort of like artifact from the from the manga. Like maybe that, that guy's like a bigger character, and mm. there's a bit more of a backstory to that. Yeah, it's more just included it. It's like a yeah, um, yeah. It was just basically like, and that's. I do feel like this film's too long, mm. and there's bits that could have been edited, and everything about him could have just gone yeah i mean yeah he's not in that much i suppose like yeah talking about the length of it it's two hours but after the first like 40 minutes i was like this film's ending soon isn't it like where does this film go and it doesn't but i think that yeah like one of the things with the pacing is that it's absolutely like relentless it feels like every single scene is like 20 seconds or something um so i was never bored like I, i was never looking at it thinking Oh God, like hurry up. Cause it was like, as soon as one thing catches you interest, you're onto, onto something else. Um, but just with that guy in particular, I love the way he's like found in the TV with all the needles and shit in him. That was a cool scene. Just in the dump, just dumped was... in the middle of Japan. No one gives a fuck. Like no one yeah. cares at all. And then, that was brutal. Yeah. It's really, um, really cool and horrible at the same time. It's better than some of the, yeah, like the silly gore because it's a bit more, it feels a bit more real. Yeah. It does look like a gangland hit. Yeah. It's just, uh, the fact it's like there, broad daylight, something uh, yeah. deeply troubling so about it. Out with the rubbish, like nothing. Um, the other thing though about the pacing is like these characters being introduced at different stages in the film. And by the end, I, I don't feel like I can get invested in any more characters or, or like puzzle out who the hell they are or what their backstory is or mm-hmm. anything. Like, you know, these two... And they like the, the twins, twins. Yeah, they like corrupt in, policemen. Like, yeah, they get brought in like halfway through. 
with masks. Yeah, and you don't know who they are. Suddenly, they're like the main characters by the end. Yeah, by the end. Well, they they come into the hospital scene, don't they? And they're like going to kill that Suzuki guy. guy, Yeah, you don't really know who they are, and you don't see their faces. Mm. But they look quite cool. They've got this like they've got like bits or whatever like hanging off these like weird. They've got the plastic like mask things. I always think of them like in the Nirvana in Bloom. Yeah, yeah, the original one. And um, yeah, they've got these like weird things on this like hat thing and these long blue coats. And yeah. I was like, okay, they look they look quite interesting, but yeah, they, I'm actually like, who are they? Like, I don't understand who they were. And by the end, no. I didn't really understand who they were either. They were just like I think because he said I would get my like police contact in, so I think they were like corrupt policemen. Mm. But again, they just seem to have this, this like really sadistic bent. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, it's just too much. Like, here's another couple of guys that just like get off on ridiculous levels of violence. That's their only like yeah. reason to live. There's that when one, one of them dies, the other one's like, oh, I was looking forward to killing him. Yeah, weird. One day. Yeah, that it, that was when it's it's kind of going off the rails a little bit. But well, it didn't speak like that, did it? They 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 had really the, whoever's doing the voice acting for them, it's really laying it on. Yeah, yeah. That, that's oh, I was like, looking forward. I was going to kill him one day. Oh, God, just all of them, all that lot. Even Clive Owen. Um, there was that one bit where they where they grab one of the guys and like, yeah, Kakashi whoever is um, uh, like throwing the needles at him just haphazardly, and he's just got these fucking needles like this, but which makes no sense. Um, and then like they go off to find Itchy or whatever, um, and then one of the twins comes back. He's like, I wonder if I can rip your arm off. <laughs> just does it yeah. and there's another scene where is it where like um Kekahari is uh just squeezing the guy's cheek and then stretching yeah. it out she looks weird and then the woman karen or whatever comes in she's like can i join like, in yeah <laughs> they both just got side of this cheek and this guy's like ah um and i was like that scene just wasn't needed at all it's literally just for comedy effects it's just like violence it's like slapstick taken to the yeah. extreme it's like so yeah. weird that arm thing, and that happened really quite late in the film. That was like one of the points where I was like, I just, I can't be bothered with this. Like, just, I'm bored of it. Yeah. Uh, maybe, I don't know if that's like the point with the directors trying to just like desensitize you to all this like mindless violence or something. Um, maybe yeah. that was the point. I don't know. I, don't know. I was really just like, oh, here we go again. He's going to pull the arm off. Mm. Yeah. Like, I'd rather just moved on. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I guess like one of the things I did like it, about it um, that they kind of explored, but I found quite interesting was the and because I'm just reading about how like there's that scene where Karen is trying to like beat up Kakahari, who's just like your punches have no love or whatever. Like you have to punch like you're trying to kill me, um, and I quite <laughs> enjoyed that like self-destructive nature because it's like okay, it plays into the fact of like he's lonely, like essentially like the one person who could do this for him. It's why it's so weird because it kind of does work on this level of like these like lost souls that are like, <laughs> like a rom-com that like meant to be together or something, but have never met. Um, but except this time when they do, it's kind of a disaster. But um, like he's annoyed because yeah, the boss is like one love or whatever has died and he can't like, <laughs> can't, can't get the same kick basically that he used to and he's like itchy's the one itchy's the one that's going to do it for me um and i enjoyed that kind of aspect to it but yeah it did having just those scenes where he's like chained up and he's like come on hit me hit me harder you're like 
Um, I was watching it going like, oh God, this is a bit too much, but at least this is kind of some character development yeah. maybe. Whereas stuff like <laughs> with the arm, as you said, it was like, yeah, that's just something to do. Like, it's just not, it's not really anything yeah. in that. Um, yeah. Uh, should we um should we come to the kind of like the almost conclusion the kind of like final confrontation yeah i'm just thinking if there's anything anything else just kind of going through my notes a little bit um but i think we've kind of gone through everything um yeah i mean just the idea is like itchy wants to rid the world of bullies and all this stuff as you were saying that it's supposed to be like heroic or whatever but really ultimately it's just a completely selfish act i've got one bit yeah. here which made me laugh Redid it back then the bodyguard <clears throat> i like the bit where it's like itchy goes in and kills all these people and there's just a face that slides down the wall like he's perfectly sliced off a face the front of her face it's quite funny but that's kind of nice <laughs> the bodyguard it's like burning all these bits of bodies or whatever at the top of the roof and his kid is like kicking some grass, being like, yeah, I'm going to beat up those bullies or whatever. And I was thinking, just to make this note here of like, why is he burning bodies in front of his kid? <laughs> like, you'd want to be like, go somewhere else. It's just like, you know, like, here, here, son, come with me. I've just got to burn these bits of <laughs> dead people upstairs. Um, I, hope, I hope that's fine. Um, I think he seems oblivious, though, the yeah. kid. I don't think he knows what's what he's doing maybe yeah maybe he's or just, does he yeah i don't know maybe he's just used to it um hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Is there anything else you kind of wanted to... Go over before we go into the end. Um, no, I think I mean the ending for me was probably even. I was quite confused. There's, yeah. there's two confusing things going on, <laughs> so it's probably the most interesting bit. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, by the end, like Itchy's Gigi has sent Itchy to basically kill everyone, and he's working his way through this like 
Yakuza Tower, basically, um, to uh, kill everyone. And Kakashi, or whatever his name is, is walking around like, oh my God, he's close. This is great. He's walking around going, I'm scared. This is great. I've never felt scared for like ages. Like, I'm really looking forward to this. And he can't wait for like Itchy to appear. And when, (laughs) yeah, so when Itchy does appear on the top of the roof, um, and this was like quite interesting because they had like bits where it, they slowed the footage down and then played the music in reverse and then would kind of speed it up and then slow it down and do it in reverse again. And I was like, I quite like that because it's something a bit different. And they've got some quite cool shots because it like looks up and the camera goes up and then you realise you're like Itchy's POV and you see him like rise into the air. And again, it's all a bit um, manga-ish or whatever, but um, I quite enjoyed it. But yeah, basically you think they're about to have this final showdown and they don't. <laughs> Actually, they don't. There's a little swerve, isn't there? Yeah. Go on, you, you uh, carry on. Well, so Gigi calls Itchy and tells him, if you see this guy, the guy that was nice to you, that bought you noodles, um, he's your long-lost brother and you have to show him respect, mm. And he, which he completely believes. So when he finally has the uh, comes eye to eye with Kakihara, what we the audience feel naturally is going to be this like big satisfying confrontation mm. um the other guy the the ex-cop now yakuza pops up behind points a gun at him and itchy just kind of goes to pieces because he's broken hearted yeah and he's like i can't remember. he's like what are you doing why would you do this to me yeah, it's like, We're and, Kaki, and it's great because actually like kakihara all of this anticipation he's been building up you can just feel it yeah. draining out of him. Because it's draining out of you as well, because you're sort of feeling a bit disappointed yeah. as the audience that so you're not getting that payoff. Yeah, you're like, literally, what is going on? <laughs> and he's literally, Itchy's just like, completely just ignores him. Like, completely blanks him. And he's just talking to the other character, like, why are you doing this to me, brother? And uh, and he's truly, he's brokenhearted. Um, and I thought, oh, this is going to be sort of the end probably uh, but then he just shoots him in the knee yeah. and uh, Itchy goes apeshit and, and kills him mm. um, in front of his son mm. uh, the son who had previously been rescued from the bullies by Itchy mm. um, so then he's now conflicted because um, Itchy's been shot in the knee um, and he's you know hurt by the emotional you know, trauma that's just happened yeah, to him He's just like weeping like a big baby on the floor. And Kakihara hasn't given up on this, like, his dream of this really intense battle. So he's just like, kind of like, not even shouting at him. It's like, hey, come on, Itchy, come on, you can do it. Get up, get up, put up a good fight. <laughs> and um, at one point, like, he turns around and it's just like the most pathetic image of this guy lying on the floor with this little kid just like yeah, kicking, kicking him in the ribs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Again, but, it's gone uh, for like the comedy. It's gone for the comedy yeah. angle. Uh, that is good, that bit. Yeah. Um, and then, so this is the bit that I think is open a little bit to interpretation. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you what I thought mm-hmm. I saw. You can tell me if I'm right. Mm-hmm. Itchy 
takes these sharp needles out mm. and pokes them in his ears. Mm. So I don't know if he does it to deafen himself mm. because he's sick of hearing him. Yeah. <laughs> or if he was going to actually attempt to like pierce his brain and kill himself. But whatever happens, he doesn't get that far. Or he seemingly doesn't get that far. Mm. Um, maybe he does and at that point dies and has this kind of, you see then his like fantasy play out. Mm of what he wanted to happen. What he sees is that Itchy has like risen from the floor. He's cut the head off the little boy and that they have a little battle and um, Kakihara imagines he gets the uh, the boot in the head. Mm-hmm. He's got a big split and that he falls to his death. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you f- see his body on the ground, which is discovered by Gigi, there's no cut in the head. Mm-hmm which suggests then maybe he just punctured his brain and fell back off the building. Uh, and Itchy's probably just still lying curled up in a ball weeping while that boy kicks him. Yeah. Um, is that how you read it? Yeah, so, yeah, basically, um, pretty much. So, yeah, I think that the ears thing was to, like, stop the crying um basically he had been he's got his comeuppance in that he wanted essentially like they were evil but he wanted um this like big battle like we did but he wanted to feel like the pain and all this stuff and ultimately he didn't get what he wanted so he's actually been defeated in that in in that sense um and yeah i think like the crying and stuff was just yeah obviously it's irritating to us watching it Uh, but for him uh by by putting those things into his ears and stopping the crying he's essentially blocked out the patheticness of who itchy actually is and the rest becomes this like dream sequence um so i think kind of like the ears punching the ears thing is kind of like because of the crying it's kind of like a metaphor for like i'm just going to ignore it (laughs) And I'm going to live out my own thing and then just, yeah, throws himself off the balcony or whatever and to his death. Um, but yeah, that shot of him standing there with the kid's head or whatever, like in his hand, I was like, oh, that's a cool shot. I was like, oh, okay, shit's going to yeah. kick off. And it does kick off. So there's an element of where they've tried to cheat it, where like you as an audience have got something, but yeah. because it's like a fantasy thing, the ultimately it still means that he didn't get what he wanted so he's been you know defeated um as well as you've kind of got what you wanted but yeah then he falls down and Gigi like looks at him whatever and like looks up like with this solemn face and then I was like okay so is he like it's over because he was the last one that was on like the hit list and is he like just like yeah I'm out or whatever like I'm done. Like everyone's dead or whatever. So just hangs himself like, or maybe he thinks that, um, itchy's dead and hangs himself. I don't know. Like that bit, I was a bit, oh. like, I don't know. Cause there's the final mm-hmm. couple of shots where it's like Kakahari or whatever is like sitting in this blue swimming pool or sauna or something. And his mouth falls open, which is so, the CG is so shit anyway in this film, but yeah. it was like, Oh, okay. So is that, I don't really understand that. Is that him in like, the afterlife or something. And then you see the hanging body with all these school kids going past. Um, yeah. I didn't know how to interpret that little scene with Itchy 
Not Idichi, sorry. Jeez, Kakihara. Yeah. Kakihara, yeah. Because in my my reading of the film, he, he's definitely dead. Mm. Um, that final scene where you see, yeah, the children like in the park and it pans up and Gigi is dead. You see his body hanging from a tree. Mm. It then pans down and there's a, a young man with the children and he looks around and looks at the camera. And I think that is the ex-policeman's son. Mm. So, but he's like older, isn't he? Yeah. So this is like a, some time has passed. And I think this is like the whole, you know, this is like the uh, violence only ever brings violence because of course the little boy saw his dad get killed by Itchy and was kicking Itchy. And now he's grown up to be like the next, you know, mad killer. Right. And he's gone after Gigi and killed him. Right. Okay, yeah. That was what I thought. That makes sense, yeah. Um, yeah. But that doesn't explain. My my question then is, what happened to Itchy? Yeah, don't know. Good point. Because the last we see him, well, we see him carrying the boy's head, but that is a, a fantasy real. of Kakihara. So that, yeah. Last we see him, he's just lying on the... Yeah. He's only been shot in the knee. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's left open for a sequel. Well, they made a prequel, yeah. apparently. Um which I don't think I saw. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. And just that scene of like Kakahari or whatever, just sitting in that blue thing. I, th- I, th- I do think that was like death, I suppose. But I suppose because his like mouth fell open, I was like, what does that mean? And I thought, well, I suppose that's him smiling, right? But it's his like pain smile. And I think it's trying to suggest that he's like happy, if that makes sense, because he's got that kind of, that's why he's got the cut things, whatever, like, I don't know, it's like a pain thing and it's not like a smile of happiness. It's his own yeah. way of smiling. And I suppose it's to suggest that he's still alone, yeah, but he's like, all right, like he got what he wanted. I don't know. Like, fuck, who knows? Um, I'd love to know, yeah, if anyone's listening to this and they've read the the manga and they can shed any light on these final few scenes... Um, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> Drop us an email or whatever. Yeah. And if you're Clive Owen, can you let us know if you did the voiceover? <laughs> Cheers. Um, okay, cool. Well, should we take a little trip to Nerd Corner? Oh, yeah. I love it, though. Let's do it. And here we are in Nerd Corner. Dan, what have you brought to the corner? What have you sneakily hidden under your jacket and brought to me whilst I'm standing here? Shirking. Shirking a word? Shirking and... Lurking and shirking. Like itchy on the balcony. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have brought a compact disc. Oh. All the way back from 2001. Mm. Um, one of my favourite things about this film was the soundtrack. Mm. Yeah. Um, I thought it brought, yeah, it brought a lot to the, the package. Um, it's quite punky, a bit noisy. There was some kind of like, it's quite funny because some of the electro stuff did sound a bit like the red shit that we were talking about last week, yeah. which, is around, which is literally like that same time. Um, but yeah, the noisy shit was good. I thought it sounded a bit like the Boredoms. Do you know that band? No. They're um, like pretty fairly well-known Japanese like noise pop 
band of the I think late eighties and then then the nineties right. into into the noughties. So anyway, I looked it up, and it's not the Boredoms, but it's most of the Boredoms. Okay. Um, without the main singer, who kind of like bellows over the top of everything. Right. Um, so they got together and basically formed uh, a band called Carrera Musication. Uh, it was one off just to do the soundtrack. Mm. So it's actually all by one one band. All okay. this different music, which you know, it's really diverse. Everything that you've just mentioned there. Mm. Um, and I mean, it's a great gift to the director, isn't it? Because there's so much diversity to be able to like match that music up to different scenes. Mm. Um, anyway, this CD, the soundtrack, uh, was released in Japan, uh, 15th of December, 2001. And it's never been released in any other countries. Uh, it's never been repressed or reissued in Japan. So it just came out this one time. Right. So you can already tell what I'm thinking, Sam. Final. And no, yeah, another opportunity for our fledgling record label when it when it gets going. I mean, how cool would this be? Record store day, first time on vinyl, Itchy the Killer soundtrack. Uh, on, I would I would be genuinely if I saw that genuinely interested. On tongue coloured vinyl with blood red splatters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's black. The record itself, you could do a version where it's black with just the number one in yellow or whatever, like he's got painted on the back of his fucking oh, skater. There's so much opportunity for... There are strong visuals, aren't there, throughout this film? Yeah. That would be really fun for, like, team packaging and stuff. Yeah. That's um, good. So, yeah, it's, it's only ever available on this one CD. Um, and the CD packaging, it doesn't have any track listing on it. Mm. Um, however, the song's somehow have been assigned titles. It's on Spotify. Um, it's not on Spotify. It's not right. on any streaming services. It, they're on YouTube, some right. of these songs. That's a streaming um, service. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, go on. The, the, complete, the complete album is not available through formal channels. Formal? Hmm. Formal channels. Okay. Um... Sir. Anyway. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> I had to Pardon go into... for being so formal. Sorry, go on. <laughs> I had to go and see my, like, back alley people to get a copy of this. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. You don't know what the lengths do? I've been to. Oh, fucking get... <laughs> what did you do there? <laughs> I had to be like... I've got a sadomasochistic fetish that you can take advantage of if you want. Have you You've got, got a copy of... Itchy. Yeah. <laughs> itchy. Uh, the killer. <laughs> Sorry. Would you, would you care to hear some, some songs? Titles. Some songs, yes, let's do it. Let's hear this one, which is popularly known as Space on Space. Mm. Jazzy, that one. It's like yeah, really very weird, mystical vibe to it. I thought. I mean, I don't really know 
anything about like traditional Japanese music, but I assume that that's what it's based on. But mm. it also sounded a lot to me like African music and the kind of like electronics on this sound quite retro. So it did sound a bit like some of the kind of like synthy Afro beat stuff I've been listening to from the seventies. <laughs> you know, who would have uh, thought Itchy the Killer we'd be talking about Afro beat? <laughs> but here we are. I found Itchy it. Beat. Okay, yeah, but I, I nice did kind of what you're saying though. Yeah, it's nice. It reminds me of um, uh, again, there's like the Ghost in the Shell um, uh, anime soundtrack and stuff, which I love, and it's similar to that kind of you were saying playing with the tradi- traditional um japanese sounds basically um uh except ghost in the shell kind of it's stays in the traditional sense whereas this has been a bit more experimental um which is cool it's a good one what else Um, should, should people listen to this one's a bit more of a rocker mind chaser That's a good track. Enjoyed it's all it. right, isn't it? Yeah. I suppose it just sort of demonstrates another facet of this uh, soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one more? Yeah, go on, one more. Morning. Morning. Massive in Serbia. Is it? I love it. Yeah. It's honestly one of my favourite British comedies of all time. Fucking no, it's, that's a... love it. <laughs> Absolutely love everything about it. And he was uh... one of my favourite characters. Basically, for anyone that doesn't know, Aloha Low was a BBC British um, comedy sitcom based in France during World War Two, where um, it was the French Revolution and they work at a cafe. But, what? Hang on, it wasn't the French Revolution. So, no, it's in, sorry. Resistance. Resistance. What am I talking about? <laughs> and then, World and then War II, the French Hitler Revolution. Stormed in <laughs> and he stormed the Bastille. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, such an idiot. And they've got, um, so it's all like the kind of spy stuff mixed with just like general hijinks and a bunch of idiots. And they've got like proper posh British people who are just like, two idiots. And they've got an undercover police, French policeman who they basically take it's quite clever in the fact that he's got his accent it's not, <laughs> it's not clever it's all it's terrible it's all, it's terrible in the best way but the sense that it's uh, like he, it's obviously all in english but they're doing it with like french accents and um he can't do the french accent right so the idea being that he's not speaking french properly he's not being that good at being undercover so his whole thing is that he mispronounces everything. That's his whole shtick. And he comes in in each episode, mispronounces everything, then walks out. And his whole thing is, <laughs> the first thing he'd always do is come in and go, good morning. 
It always got, always got a laugh. Yeah. From me. Was, <laughs> a lot of comedy mileage out of that one. Oh, loads. I mean, literally, it was every episode for like years. But um, honestly, that was really big. I was in, I was in uh, Belgrade, two thousand and eight. So long after Allo Allo and its heyday. Mm. And I was talking to some girl that I met walking back mm. after a night out. Mm. And uh, yeah. she was like... Do you like a lower <laughs> No, she, she brought it up. She, she was like, oh, yeah. No, I, I saw, we were going past like a kiosk and there was like a magazine. You know these like magazines that are like with a free DVD? Yeah. It was like, hello, hello, the magazine. And if you buy every issue, you can build your hello, hello DVD collection. right. right. They used and to show like, those things on TV, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Why is that? Why is that?" And she was like, <laughs> "Oh, we love DVD. British humour here." And I was like, "Yeah, but it's a low, a low." Yeah, and she, one of the best British sitcoms of all time. <laughs> to which she was like, she was really affronted because she was like, "What you think Serbian people can't enjoy good humour?" <laughs> and uh, after that, everything went downhill. Yeah, she was including her, her body by the sounds of it. She was never seen. She was never seen her again. I, <laughs> I never saw her again after that. Yeah, low, low. She was too offended that I, I apparently slandered the whole nation's ability to enjoy good, high quality British comedy. Yeah, well, it's an on your own head, be it. It's your fault. Um, well, back to this track. What a lovely, nice little jaunt. It's a very pretty song, wasn't it? Didn't remember that being in the movie at all. Yeah, a bit of a sort of like classical kind of inflected thing here. Um, mm. It's quite an eclectic yeah. mix. It is indeed, yeah. If you're interested in like experimental post-punk noise with classical electronic elements, basically a smorgasbord of every kind of genre of modern music, mm. Um Highly recommended to check it out. Mm. Cool. Well, let's go into our um, our final impressions. Um, so for me, because it's your turn to do <laughs> impression. Is, is it? it? Uh, God, is it? All right, fair, fair enough. Yeah, you're right. You cut out you then. Did the, you, you did say? the sperm. It's your you? turn. That's right, yeah. <sighs> so it's your turn. I'm just going to clap him. So, yeah, it's, it's your turn to do the funny impression. So, um, I tell you what, I'll give you yours and you can think about it whilst I'm doing this. Actually, I'll give you an easy one. I'll give you an easy one. You do it as itchy in the sense of crying and saying sorry a lot. <laughs> so, as you, as you mull that over, um, so Itchy the Killer, I thought, had dated substantially but I had a weird nostalgic glow for it. Um, the violence was still quite shocking, I thought. But um, yeah, the fact that it was kind of completely OTT, um, I thought was actually uh, quite fresh these days. I feel like I don't really see that kind of thing anymore. I really liked the style and the colours and um, and all this. I liked the pace, even though it's super fast and maybe it didn't really actually make all that much sense. Um, it's not a must-see or anything like that, but I think it was um, quite an enjoyable little romp and uh, I can see why I liked it back in the day, but um, 
I think if you're coming in expecting some high quality Japanese cinema, there's some other Takashi Mike films which are probably best suited for you. Um, but overall, I, I liked it actually. So yeah, there you go. Damn. I'm sorry, I thought this was gonna be a really good film. <laughs> but I found it so upsetting, but I did get a boner, but I couldn't come over it. I think maybe if you really want to have a properly good jizz, you should just get the and the original manga is probably probably sexier. <laughs> I just I just so pathetic. Again, are you laughing at me, Sam? Are you, are you, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to. <laughs> 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 fucking blood everywhere. Uh, oh, that's funny. Um, God, I haven't seen. I did enjoy. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> um, audition's quite a good one of his, isn't it? Uh, yeah. I think oh, yeah, Mike. Mike. Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, Audition's yeah. a good one. It's actually on the list that we've got. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. How handy. It's, uh, that one's on there. I think there's a couple on there, actually. Just because he does make some quite odd films. But, um, yeah, I'd recommend, like, people to go off and see some Takashi Mike films. Like, um, what else? Like, Satoichi is really good. Uh, but he that didn't make that, I realised. That's Beat Takeshi. So I've totally got that wrong. And so when I said earlier that he did Satoichi, forget that, because I've got it, <laughs> just realised I'm saying it. Um, I've done that. <laughs> I've completely got it wrong. Um, and did he do Takeshi's Castle? That's Beat Takeshi. That Again, that's Beat Takeshi who did Satoichi. Um, he's done so much stuff. I mean, like, I can't tell you. Uh, I'm looking at these and I'm like, I don't even know. Um what the good ones are because I don't even really there's only a few that I actually 13 Assassins was the last big one that I saw that's 2010 that's really good that's a samurai flick it's quite violent it's quite long but in a good way um Satoichi was 2007 so I lied again I did the stage play oh whatever I don't know did he make it didn't he make it I don't know whatever <laughs> fine Satoichi go see it anyway fuck it um <laughs> Sukiyaki Western Django uh, it was a good one. That was him as well. Um, and then I'm just going through whatever stuff. He didn't want Mr. Cool. Okay, didn't realise that. Can't remember. Gozu, if I believe, if it's what I'm thinking of, it's pretty good. Um, yeah, Christ, he's done that. Oh, Dead or Alive. He did the Dead or Alive trilogy. And that's what we were talking You know when I said to you, you said, oh, I watched DOA. And I was like, oh, yeah. oh, isn't that Korean? I was thinking of this. Um, gotcha. The happiness of the categories. I need to see that. I've watched the first half an hour and I liked it. And oh, let's put that on our list because mm. I've got that on DVD. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. And I haven't got around that. to watching it. Yeah, it's. I started watching it and then I was. It was one of those things where it was late at night and I was like, I need to pay attention to this. Um, yeah, he did audition, uh, which is good, which is on there. Uh, Full Metal Yakuza, another good one. Um, God, my God, he's done so many films absolutely ridiculous and there's others but that's the only ones that kind of stand out for me that um, were good but it might be it might have done tons more fact, that's the only ones I've seen it's like a hundred films on this list it's ridiculous um, busy boy he is a busy boy anyway let's go and see what other people thought of the film in our review section I hate it 
So, Dan, I'm handing this over to you, buddy boy. Any decent, funny reviews in this film? What did people think? What did it get, generally? What's the vibe? Mixed bag, mixed bag. Mm. Um, a lot of complaints about <laughs> DVDs not working <laughs> or <laughs> not getting delivered on time. As always. Um, here's a good one. I thought quite, quite apt. Jonathan, one star, says style over content and just not that stylish. Um, I've read other reviews on this page which make mention of the BBFC's cut of the film ruining it. However, I fail to see how any amount of missing footage could improve this film. The plot attempts to be clever, bringing together various interweaving tales of gangs, cops and schoolyard bullies that just seems to do too damn hard. Thus leaving the viewer baffled, not by the plot, but why they deemed necessary to throw these elements in. Yeah. Is that the end of it? He goes on to talk a bit more about some other things. I mean, a, bit of a moany, grumbly man. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, there was like something like 11 minutes cut from the original um, for some countries, which is a fair old chunk because it's made of up of um, some of the more gory bits. Uh, and I think some people had a problem with that because it kind of weirdly by making the violence less cartoony and OTT, made mm. it almost more real and would probably maybe work against it, if that makes sense. Um, I'll tell you who had a problem with it. Charles Wolfe. Oh, I see. One star. Yeah. Itchy the Killer is a stunning film. Mm. One of the more extreme and shocking films ever. Mm. A must. But this is not it! <laughs> Itchy the Killer is an excellent movie. It has to be viewed in its full uncut version. Anyone who likes Takashi Mike knows very well how far he goes with dark, violent, erotic and gory humour. He pushed the boundaries of cinema in a different league. Okay, for sure, you need a strong stomach to watch a few scenes. And some viewers might even find it offensive. Not me. <laughs> Problem is, this is just what the BBFC have left of that movie. They cut a lot of scenes. In about 15 minutes, a cut! But it's because it's been cut so badly that if you watch this version, I'd be surprised if you actually understand the plot. Idiots. <laughs> so great. I love how you can go from essentially considering a film to be a five-star film. But because you don't get your way, you rate it one. Yeah, so no one can see it. So you'd like, <laughs> you'd rather people never see it than like uh, see a cut version of it. Let's see a good one. Yeah. Um, oh, I clicked on the wrong thing. There we go. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> Dan? Jesus. Uh, five star. Here we go. Mark Roberts. Five stars. Mad film. That's the subject. It's a mad film. <laughs> <laughs> Find it kind of funny. <laughs> Sorry, yes. <laughs> Proper good mad film. God. Mad for it. Oh my word, says Amazon customer. <laughs> I'm watching it as I'm writing this. <laughs> so, not watching it then. <laughs> Doing and I things. have to say that it deserves its reputation 
of the most controversial film ever. Right. That's its reputation. Okay. Ever. Right. The story is of Itchy, the ultimate sadist who derives pleasure from killing people with a razor-sharp blade he keeps in his heel. Yeah. He's being manipulated by four people to kill off a Yakuza boss and destroy his gang in a get-rich scheme. Scheme. <laughs> Did I miss that bit? It makes it sound like it's an old Ealing comedy. It's only like, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's a motivational speaker. Or something like that. Right. Um, on the other side, you have the Yakuza boss's right-hand man, the ultimate masochist. And you can easily tell his pleasure by the scars on his face. Open brackets, enlarge the cover of the DVD to see more. Close brackets. <laughs> Just look at it closer. Yeah. Um, the standard cat and mouse formula is enhanced by director Takeshi Mike's in-depth look into both sadism and masochism. Now the line between pain and pleasure, especially sexual, can be very thin. But don't expect an essay. Instead, expect computer graphics and very lifelike makeup to show people being tortured. One incident involving fish hooks and boiling oil will put you off shrimps for life. Uh, mutilated and murdered in graphic and bloody ways. Seriously. You need to have an iron stomach to watch the film and not cringe in shock at some scenes. But if you can stand it, you'll enjoy one of Mike's most famous and darker films. Mike's. Just don't put the English dubbing on. Oh. The mixture of Liverpudlian and London accents does not suit the film one bit. Clive Owen wouldn't be able to hear that. I like the idea that it's... <laughs> this guy's like looking at a DVD cover. He's just like, enhanced. <laughs> like Blade Runner or whatever she's pretty closer to his face enhanced <laughs> a bit closer each time um, a quick question like why do you think the blade was in his heel you know you see a scene I think two scenes where he's playing what looks to me like Tekken uh, yeah that's right yeah, and one too. of the characters does that he does that same manoeuvre yes I don't know what it's called but you basically do like a cartwheel and catch someone with the heel of your foot. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Oh, I didn't, never thought about it. I never made that connection. That's interesting. So it's like a martial art kind of thing, which makes sense because it's like your leg's going to have more reach, I suppose, etc. Yeah, I think it's, I yeah. want to say it's Huarang. Oh, from Tekken. Huarang. Um, yeah, I remember that character. Yeah, who was the, oh my God, the jiu-jitsu. No, taekwondo guy. My God, my Tekken knowledge. It has to be taken three, though. I don't know anything else. <laughs> I need the other Tekkens. Um, man, cool. Okay. Um, well, I think that's it, really. Any other final thoughts? Yeah. Right, should we think uh, about what we're doing next week? Yeah. Right, what is next? We're doing music. Music is next. Uh, let's have a look. Have I taken Itchy off? I haven't, so let's take Itchy off. Um, again, guys, if you want to, you're more than welcome to submit your own ideas and we can add them to the list because this is all stuff that we either want to watch or that we've seen and we love. So feel free to throw something in there because then we wouldn't have seen it and we'll give you a fresh take, um, which is a new winter podcast at gmail.com or oddcast oddballs at gmail.com. Right. Let's figure this out. Figure this out. Press the button even. 
Ah, oh, let's go. What's it in? Okay. It's a big one. You might just have to pick one album or something. I think maybe they only uh, did one album, but uh, Green Jelly. Oh, yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, brilliant. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll have a think about. They did actually do quite a lot. Maybe we'll maybe we'll do like a little career overview. Oh my god, I can't do another career overview. You go and then. Me. No, but not listening. Just to, I'll, I can do a little potted career overview, right. and then let's have a chat about serial killer and the serial killer soundtrack. Okay, because that's the one that people know and love. That's your three little pigs, your anarchy in the UK, and your obey the cow god, and the adventures of shitman. Oh my god, I have just realised that I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I've heard these guys. Since I was in your bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) That you, just by saying those words, have just unlocked a little mini door in the back. (laughs) 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 All right, let's do it. Let's just do that. Let's concentrate on that one album and you can give a bit of an overview. Um, Okay, cool. Well, that's it, everyone. So, um, yeah, we'll give the normal outro as always, but... Um, for the personal touch, yeah, do go to patreon.com slash newwinter to support the network. Uh, Dan um, is on Dreadful... What's your Instagram handle again? <laughs> Dreadful Discs. Dreadful Discs. Um, and, yeah, uh, you can email us, newwinterpodcast.gmail.com, as I said, or oddcastupballs at gmail.com. Listen to the other shows that we do. We've got On the Record with Des and Jeff, which me and Dan do, which we need to do another one later. Um, we've got the new winter limited series on there as well which is the audio drama that kind of started it all um, which you can go and listen to and that is purely the audio drama stuff um, which might be your bag who knows Uh, and there's some other bits and pieces as well Um, and the newwinter.com site isn't working and hasn't worked for a little while and I'm trying to fix it so apologies but yeah just go to patreon.com slash newwinter if you want to and they've got links and stuff there but we're on all your podcast platforms of choice and if you're listening to this, you know that anyway. So <laughs> you've made it this far, then I think you're fine. Um, okay, cheers, everyone, and see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, guys. We're part of a new winter group. So head on over to newwinter.com to check out our other shows. Go to patreon.com slash newwinter to support the network. You can email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com and follow this and our other shows on Twitter and Instagram at A New Winter. So, see you next time on The Oddcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. 
You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.